Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are listening to Canadian Gothic, a series by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to a series that makes me laugh, makes me cringe, and makes me fear for the future of our humanity, all at the same time. I'm, of course, talking about the listener-led Encounters with Creeps series. In this episode, the sixth volume in the series, Madeleine Klein and I will again offer the show to nighttime listeners as a platform to share their encounters with the countless creeps that seem to be riding their bicycles around our cities. So let's not waste any time here. Let's just jump right into another round of Creep Encounters. Ms. Madeleine Klein, how are you this evening? Oh, I'm dandy. How about you? I, I'm dandy, I guess. It's a beautiful summer day here in Halifax. I mowed, I went for a long walk today, went to the post office like an actual human that, being. That does sound lovely. I've been productive. I bought a coffee. I was like walking home from the post office with a coffee and I'm like, what an average nice day. That's like my dream. I like dragged myself to work and then dragged myself home and here I am. Now you're here with That's, me. Just like yeah. delighted to be talking to me. Well, it's been a while. So yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Absence <laughs> makes the heart grow more tolerable. I like that. I like that better than the original. <laughs> um, what's new with you? What's going on? You've been watching anything, following any stories that you find fascinating? Uh, yeah, both, actually. I watched two episodes of the new season of Black Mirror. Huh? Have you seen? Have you watched Black Mirror? I've on only Netflix? ever watched like one episode of it. I think it was like the first or second episode of the whole okay, series. Yes. Cause, so that's how I started. Mm -hmm. I watched the first episode of the first season and I loved it. I thought it was fabulous. And then I watched the second episode and I was like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. And I stopped watching it. Oh. So I haven't watched any of them, even the one with Miley Cyrus in it. And I oh. love her. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, I why did I watch this one? Oh, I think I watched something else on Netflix and then like a trailer came up and I was like, oh, like this looks really good. So I watched the first two episodes and I absolutely adored them. Okay. I'll have of to season check it six. Out. Yeah, you should. I, I think they are fabulous. I started watching the... Uh mh370 documentary which is the the malaysian plane that went missing um and then reality kind of like took over because then as i'm like you know, one or two episodes into that series and i was really enjoying it but then the the submarine went missing off the coast of newfoundland it has a lot of the same elements as the mh370 missing plane so it's it, i kind of had to step away from that documentary because i was watching a real life missing vehicle story but, but yeah i never i've seen the malaysian airlines documentary as well which i thought it was fabulous i kind of remember that happening anyway we're getting off track here we're here not to talk about real life tragedies that are happening in the world and related or adjacent issues we're here to talk about creeps this is now our sixth volume in our Encounters with Creeps series. And I will say it seems to be like a listener favorite. I get so many emails and messages and just people saying like, I love when you and Madeline do the, the creep stuff. Do more of those. I hate creeps, but I love doing these episodes. Well, we're in, we're in the comfort of our home. I have my doors locked. 
um in, in the door to the room that i'm recording in is shut everyone in my house is like safe there's no one i don't know that's creepy here so i feel like this is like a safe space for you and i to just like get into these things Oh, totally. In our own little bubbles. Yeah. I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to listen to this podcast on like a bus or something though in headphones. I think that would be weird. Yeah, when some guy's staring at you. Yeah, and you're actually one of the stories we're gonna hear tonight is someone who encounters a creep while listening to volume five of Encounters with Creeps. We'll oh no way. Yeah. So we'll, we'll I get can't to wait that. for that. You're gonna have to. Um because <laughs> what we, generally when we start these episodes will include a, a a creep that's making the news and oh man we got one this week actually i was researching for keep canada weird stories and i came across this guy and i said this is too creepy for keep canada weird this i can only talk to madeleine about no one else i know will be able to stomach the person discussed in this story uh so i'm just gonna i'm gonna get right into it here this is a story about a man in london ontario who is a massive creep. I've just certified him legitimate creep. His name is Bubba Pollock, and he's active in anti-LGBTQ event protests in London. So he like organizes and attends uh, LGTB, uh, LGBTQ event protests like outside of um, libraries and these sorts of things. Like anti-LGBT. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. So he's he, trash. He, yeah. Um, so somebody called him out online. I guess this guy, Bubba Pollock, he was on Facebook, like bragging about one of these protests he had protesting like a, a drag story time in London. I believe it was in London. Um, a, a woman named Britt LaRue of Windsor, Ontario, uh, shared his post and basically called him out, you know, disagreeing with his point of view, his way of getting back at her for calling him out is 10 steps over the line of online arguments uh, or what's appropriate in an online argument or disagreement. Uh, we'll call this the hospital visit creep. Listen to this. Bubba Pollock has been involved in and organized many protests of drag storytime events. Britt LaRue of Windsor took issue with his public statements regarding last weekend's Pride event in Wortley Village. I boldly called him out for his behavior and how he was acting and his false statements that he made and um his his only response to me was the picture in my father's room and uh the flowers that he left with a note what larue is referring to is as a response in her original post no caption no explanation just a photo of pollock standing in her dying father's hospital room initially she didn't believe it was real i thought it was photoshopped um, for a good 12 minutes, I thought it was a fake picture. Um, I had sent it to some friends and they were like, that looks really Photoshopped. That doesn't look right. And, um, and then I realized that there were some things in my dad's room that had changed around that I knew were getting changed that day. For LaRue, who very publicly was married at the Hotel Du site just three weeks ago, so her father could be a part of the celebration, didn't think the posts and CTV news story that aired about the nuptials would lead to this kind of harassment. Pollock, however, says this act was completely misunderstood. Zero threat whatsoever. Zero. A year ago, my mother 
underwent a lot of very similar things. I lost my mother a year ago to cancer. I very much understand this was nothing malicious whatsoever in how it's being twisted. Not at all. I understand what it's like to be in this situation. I brought flowers to this gentleman, dropped them off, and left. LaRue says hospital staff confirmed by security footage Pollock was in the hospital for eight minutes. Pollock says he had the best intentions with his visit, but he left because the man was sleeping. I wanted to bring him flowers and talk to him about my mom, about a charity I've set up, and just talk in general. Maybe lift his spirits up. If he's laying down in a bed all day and he's bedridden, he's probably not having a good day. I think having a visitor come by, bring him a gift, and say, hey, let's talk. In messages that followed the discovery of the visit, LaRue says this one was chilling. Pollock allegedly writing, he hopes he names his family in the obit so I can ensure I don't miss any for flowers. He then made disparaging remarks about her appearance and financial status before stating, I'll see you next week. Windsor police say they are looking into the situation while officials at the hospital told LaRue they will be trying to determine how Pollock was able to get access to her father's room. Oh, that is, uh, that is taking what? an online argument way, 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 way too far. Like the, the, the type of anger I'm feeling toward this despicable piece of trash is yeah. like, this is, I can't even find the words psychotic sociopathic narcissistic like this man ding 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 yeah i think it's all of it and in regardless of like what side of the argument and whether or not you agree with anyone's point of view the idea that he would you know come up with get this online beef research the person and find out because this the the woman who he had the online argument with she was in the news just a few weeks ago because she had to have her wedding at the hospital so her dying father could attend and ctv did a story on it so he must have gotten a fight with her online googled her found this story and then said i'm going to go down there and find her dad and take a picture dropping flowers on his bed and post it on her wall it's like that's that's like intimidation harassment um malicious like and, and scary creepy yeah because like <laughs> look like those actions is just like every single red flag imaginable mm -hmm. and and then maybe one of the scarier parts of the whole thing other than just coming up with the idea and doing it is that he was then in like went on tv and sort of like he tried to play it off like i just wanted to you know bring him flowers and talk to him and lift his spirits and like the bullshit that's what you like were doing he, you he did really it to terrorize her he's gonna get away with this too yeah. he but really then, thinks he could talk his way out of it yeah but then he also posted that post on facebook after the the whole brouhaha blew up where he's saying i hope when you know when he dies he posts the name of all of his relatives in the obit in the obituary so i can bring them all flowers you know he's just this guy's just a wreck and at, at the end of that last story the the police were investigating is this harassment is anything criminal happened uh has anything criminal happened here's just a short update that i'll play and then we'll move on listen to this 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 update just happened i think a day or two ago you may remember Britt larue who chose to marry her now husband on the grounds of the hotel du grace Healthcare last month so her so her dying father could attend this ceremony well, the honeymoon phase has been interrupted by what Windsor police call an incident of criminal harassment. 
34-year-old Bubba Pollock of London was charged Friday morning after police allege he traveled to Windsor from London taking a selfie in front of Britt LaRue's father in his palliative care bed. She and her husband were speaking with Dan McDonald this morning live on AM800 when Windsor police announced the charges. Take a listen to their real-time reaction. We just got a public news update right now. Someone is asking what the police said. I was going to ask you this. I just want to read this because it is in context. Windsor Police Service has charged 34-year-old man in connection to a criminal harassment investigation. And he has been, he has been charged. Um, so this is breaking news right now. Her reaction was uh, quite emotional. That was, that was something. Well, I can't, I can't imagine like what was going through her head. Relief. Happiness. Still just like terrified. Yeah, well, but um, ugh. well, good. I'm glad he was charged. I hope he goes to jail. I'm sure he won't. But um, she has said in, in an interview that her dad knows nothing about this. Like they, they kept it away from him. And uh, this guy's just a nightmare. Uh, I'm glad that they that they're charging him. I hope the charges stick and they make an example out of this guy. Because it's I think it's one thing to, you know, call people out and fight on the internet and tell each other say terrible things but you know actually going to a palliative care unit to photograph yourself in a dying man's room to intimidate someone online you know that's just like that's, society can't allow that to take place no heavens no and like i'm just what is this even called like it's it's far beyond doxing yeah and it's just it's bizarre i think and... it's just like harassment uh, i get like criminal harassment but it's it's certainly bizarre and it's the the name of this episode is encounters with creeps do you say this guy's a creep is oh he, he's convicted one the of the worst kinds convicted in the court of madeleine klein guilty of being a creep bubba pollock you suck that's right and they're like we're always right yeah. i'm so rarely wrong so. oh we're <laughs> the judge and jury in the encounter with creep series so that's correct we should we've, run things we do run things Th things would just go a lot more a lot faster things would get done a lot well, better <laughs> get your hammer and gavel ready because Always. judge klein has a series of uh accused creeps uh to uh present decide verdicts for i guess would be the way to say that we got a full card since our last episode about encounters with creeps i've been flooded with stories of creep encounters from our listeners i probably have 25 of them i have a backlog of them but that's not to say to everybody out there who has had a story with a creep an encounter with a creep contact us because we're going to keep doing these we'll do at least once at one a month uh, an encounter with creep series um tonight's episode volume six in the series I have some really good ones. I'm excited about this. You may even hear it in my voice. I'm tripping over my words because I want to get into it. Uh, I've chose a collection of creep encounter stories that are sure to make the hairs on your head stand up. You ready to get into it, Madeline? Oh yeah, I've been waiting for this. You can choose between, uh, let me see luggage gas stations uh elves and printers they're all intriguing but give me luggage luggage, luggage is really yeah here we go this is going to be the story of amy and hamilton's bike creep 
We get a lot of creeps on bikes, don't we? We do. Here we go. Listen to this specific creep with a bike. Hi, I'm Amy, and I'm calling in from Hamilton, Ontario, and I have a story about a creep. So about five years ago, I was working in film, like I was doing on-set work, so I'd work really crazy hours. And on this particular night, I got home at around three or four in the morning. And um, I was always kind of on edge when I got home that late because I lived in kind of a crappy area. But um, the street that I lived on had free parking. And then at the end of the street, there was kind of like a dirt road where you could where I could also park. And on this particular night, there was no parking on my street. So I would have had to park on the dirt road. And I didn't like that because the dirt road is on the opposite end of the street as my apartment. So I would have had to walk all the way down the street like at night. And I can see in my headlights this really strange silhouette that I can't quite make out. And as I come up to the end of the road, I can see that it's a man on a bicycle and he has rolling luggage with him. I'm like, oh, that's really strange. So I stop at the end of the street and I go to turn and he like kind of moves himself closer to my car and he looks into my window like right at me. And it was so creepy. He had, I could see the whites all the way around his eyes and he had absolutely no hair. He had no hair on his head, no eyebrows, no facial hair, nothing. And I just think, man, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not getting out of my car near this man. So I turn around and there's like a pay to park municipal lot across the street from my apartment. So I just, parked there and got a parking ticket the next morning i think it was like 40 bucks and i didn't care like i just paid it worth it but the next night i'm coming home at around the same time like three or four in the morning and the exit that i would take to get into hamilton uh you go over this really nice bridge and then you drive past this like huge graveyard and it's late at night and i see him again it's the man on the bicycle and he's riding his bike with his rolly luggage through the graveyard, like just by himself. It was so creepy. I think that if I didn't just like eat the parking ticket, I would have ended up in his luggage. <laughs> That's how it ends. Um, oh my God. So many stories of creeps on bikes. Something is like, again, I think we've said this in volume five is if you're on a bike and it's not like for fitness, there's a good chance that you're a creep. Uh, I was just going to say, last time you said there are two people that ride bikes, fitness people and weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what about, like, what surprised me or, or maybe what, like, chilled me a little bit is, like, everything shaved. If you ever see someone who has, like, eyebrows and everything shaved, you're like, whoa, like, I'm in a dangerous situation here. You quickly realize how important eyebrows are. When mm -hmm. you see someone with shaved eyebrows or bleached eyebrows, you're like, wow, Whoa. eyebrows really make the face. Mm. Yeah. And all, when she said he had absolutely no hair, for some reason, I'm not sure if your kids have ever watched Spy Kids, but I just pictured a thumb from Spy Kids. <laughs> uh, I hope you know what I'm talking about. No, okay. No. Yeah. Creepy. Really I, weird. <laughs> I pictured like, didn't Marilyn Manson go through a period when he had everything shaved? There was that Maynard from Tool. I, I just like the only people who should have everything shaved is like a shock rocker or something because it is just such a unusual look. You, you take that, you add to it with um, 
the driving around with a bike and then the inexplicable rolling luggage and yeah you got the recipe for a freak then you put that person in the graveyard just alone with with that all going on uh it doesn't it doesn't help the story no <laughs> it doesn't make it any less weird <laughs> no uh i think um Ugh. amy did the right thing by going to the paid parking lot although i i still don't understand really the benefit of that she was he was in the lot near her house so she's just like i'm just gonna go park across the street in this paid lot and i guess that was enough to get away from him like that wasn't a very like um climactic escape from this creep <laughs> but it worked she thought on her feet and it worked <laughs> um, oh so that was the luggage story yeah Let's move on to, I, I always enjoy stories set in gas stations. I think a like a Tim Hortons is like Canada happens and society happens in Tim Hortons. Society also happens in gas stations. But when you take a gas station that is like an all night gas station with a Tim Hortons kind of built into it, you have like a boiling pot of people in there. Some of them are creeps. For whatever reason, there's always a, an abundance of men giving you compliments. Well, I don't know about you, but... <laughs> no, I haven't had that problem. But let's listen Many. to this one. This is uh, Felix, who encountered a creep at a gas station slash Tim Hortons combo in Nova Scotia. And if you have kids in the room, cover their ears, unless I beep this out. Hey there. Uh, this is Felix calling from the Yukon. <laughs> Um, this story happened in Nova Scotia, though. I used to work at an SO Tim Hortons combo uh, on the gas station side. And um, I was reminded of this story by um, the latest episode of Encounters with Creeps. And um, I was 16, maybe 17 at the time of the story. And uh, this event is what precipitated me quitting that that gas station. Um, it was ten after ten o'clock, but before eleven, because that's when the one hour where Tim Hortons wasn't open during my shift, and my uh, shift change night shift person hadn't shown up yet. And this man, who I tangentially knew, um, he was dating a friend's sister which is a very Nova Scotian thing to have happen. Um, he stumbled literally into the gas station and sat there and put his head in his hands and stared at me and said, I've got a quarter rum and a dick that needs sucked. What time are you off? And I was like, I, I had the manager's number on speed dial on the phone beside me. So I held the uh, phone just out of his sight. And when my manager picked up, I said, do you want to repeat that? And he said it again. And my manager lost it. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, the guy got banned from the gas station. I forget for a year or something like that. Um, I was grateful that my manager had my back. I still though, needed a new job so i left and started working at um, a much more wholesome place where i was much more supported by the patrons rather than sexually assaulted um yeah so that's my encounters with creeps in nova scotia story at a gas station 
I'm sorry that I had to play that for you, Madeline. Like my, I want to crawl out of my skin. <laughs> uh, was he? Do you think he was just like? Because she said he stumbled in. Maybe he was just hammered, and he didn't know oh, what I was don't, going on. I've been pretty loaded in my day, and you, have, you haven't done I've that. Ne I've never said something like that to someone. <laughs> While they're working, it's at a... never even crossed my mind, and it's always a teen. Mm -hmm. And it's always a teen. And I don't know if it somehow, if it makes it worse or just, you know, the same level of disgusting, but they knew each other through the grapevine. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting part because they did have some connection. I wonder like, if he knew that. Right. Like, cause I, after he, he said it, she could have just been oblivious. Yeah. Cause she could have been like, I know you, like, we know the same people. And what your girlfriend. You, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, like, and then he gets banned. It doesn't seem like a, I guess, what else can you do? You're allowed well, to be a, like a complete scumbag. Aren't you? Is that anything illegal about that? I don't know. That's it's if it's not sexual assault, it's sexual harassment. Yeah. Like you can't be going around saying stuff like that to people. And I wasn't there and this didn't happen to me. And I might have a different opinion if I was 16 or 17. Mm. Um, Cause I'm pretty bitter and jaded now, mm -hmm. but because I knew I if I knew this guy's name, I'd be blasting him everywhere. Because public shame works. Yeah, it does work. <laughs> well, it seems to in a lot of cases, it's the only justice nowadays. It is. Mm. And you know what? At the very least, I'd tell his girlfriend, my friend's sister, whoever she was. Mm -hmm. um, creep, convicted in yeah. the court of encounters with creeps. Found that gavel. Um so that, that was, was an easy one. That was an easy one. And it involved the story of a young woman at work. The next story will also involve a young woman at work, but she doesn't work as a gas station. She works at, or she worked at, as an elf in the mall around Christmas time. This is, this story I'm going to call Kendra's pedophilic elf fetishists. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I, I can't help but laugh. Here it goes. Hi Jordan, my name is Kendra and I've got an encounter with creeps for you. Uh, this happened when I was about 15, almost 20 years ago, which is a very painful sentence to say. Uh, I had, through my theater arts program at high school, gotten into this volunteer activity with a few of my friends and basically they had us dress up as elves around Christmas time and we were supposed to do crafts with kids or whatever. And we got into a lull in the evening up town there and in our little elf costumes they said, go out into the mall and like advertise, you know, that we're doing crafts for kids up here. And we're like, all right. So we're going around and we're singing like these little Christmas carols. And there's basically nobody in the mall. It is, this is, I think it was like a Tuesday night or something. It was, there was almost nobody uptown, but there was, however, about a half dozen, probably very drunk men at again, at like 7 PM on a Tuesday, which is bizarre, but one of them still actively holding a six pack of my dad. And I want to stress again, I'm 15. We're all young children. Uh, so these men see us and they're like, oh, girls, girls, come over here. Yeah, they ignored the boys in elf costumes entirely, I should note, just the girls. And they wanted us to sing for them. So we're like, okay. So we sang some Christmas carols and they thought, oh, that's just great. That's just great. And they clapped and they clapped. And then they said, okay girls now come on come on give us a hug and we're 15 we don't know what else to do so we let these drunk grown men give us a hug and it was 
very uncomfortable. And we went back upstairs and none of us talked about it ever again. So there you go. Drunken Christmas encounter creeps. Bye. That is like, a, that's my nightmare. That sort of thing. Uh, well, and especially because they're they're so young and they're technically like working, I guess. Yeah. And especially young women, I think they feel this obligation to be nice. Mm-hmm. To just uh, smile yeah. and be, be friendly and like good customer yeah. service. And yeah, exactly. And I can kind yeah. of imagine how that probably slowly escalated and it didn't seem like as like it didn't seem as crazy until they were in that situation um i i I don't know what these men were thinking i feel horrible for these kids they were thinking i hate alcohol you know i don't drink and it's when i hear a story like this i just think a lot of times alcohol brings out the worst in people and it really uh, does six men like just kind of like I don't even know what you would call what they were doing. They were just being a gaggle of teens dressed as elves at the mall. Like, yeah, this is an awful story. Uh, I'm. I hope they look back at that and they're like, "That was an awful idea. What were we doing?" Do you think this is the only thing like that they ever did? Though they probably have no worse stuff. If like, if you, they're probably regulars at that bar every Tuesday. Yeah, probably multiple times a week. Uh, I'm gonna convict them. Creeps. Yeah, I'm with you. Half a dozen creeps. Now for the next batch uh, of stories. I'm going to give you a couple more options. You let me know where you want to start with this. Do you want to hear the story of a man who gets dragged into his creepy co-worker's shit? Do you want to hear a story that involves Biff naked? Do you want to hear one about a printer? Or do you want to hear a story that leaves us on an incredible cliffhanger that keeps me up at night still? And we need to contact the, the listener to get the rest of the story. Let's save that one. Give me the printer. Okay. Here we go. I'm going to call this story Karen's horny ex who doesn't have a printer. <laughs> I made the right decision. <laughs> Hi, Jordan and Madeline. I don't know if you guys are still doing uh, encounters with creeps, but I have a story for you, but it's more like creepy encounters with boyfriends so I dated a guy um, everything was well good and all we ended things amicably but we still kept in touch so fast forward two years later he gave me a call at maybe one in the morning asking if I have a printer that he can print up a um, plane tickets back when you know boarding passes still needed to be printed so I'm like, what are you, where are you going? Um, he said, well, Paris. Wow, Paris, what's happening there? Well, I really screwed up with this girl I am dating. And I want to go to Paris to a surprise her, which is where she's from and living at the moment. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's great. Of course you can use my printer. So we got to talking and then, you know, asking what, what uh, what happened and uh, he was all teary and everything he really felt sincere about this and then suddenly he goes hey <clears throat> do you mind if I come over and just have a one last thing before I go I'm like what <laughs> 
you're here begging me to use your my printer to go see a girl because you screwed up and you're asking me for one night stand like what the hell so obviously I said no get out of here and no you can't use my printer anymore <laughs> so yeah that's it ex-boyfriends can be creepy afterwards too oh thank you I love the show and keep up the good work <laughs> <laughs> I love that he lost his ability to even use her printer. Well, I'm glad that he prefaced this visit with ev with all of his intentions. Because mm. what if he came to use the printer? And that's and, when he put it out on And her. then pitched the idea. Mm, yeah. You know? I think if I'm, anything, she got like, I don't think he did that to be a good person and to be transparent with what he was thinking. I think oh, no. she was being polite by like talking to him and hearing him out and being a shoulder to cry on. And he came on too hard there before showing up to use the printer. Thank goodness they didn't sit down and be like, you know, since you're here printing, let's sit and talk. What's going on? You know, that, I'll that bet you there's worse. no girlfriend and there's no trip to Paris. And when she wasn't like, sad and wanting him back he was like oh shit i gotta i gotta go a different route here <laughs> i'm just gonna say it yeah <laughs> um yeah he was he was trying maybe he was thinking like when i talk about this girlfriend uh, she's gonna be jealous and when I, I have the financial capability to just go to paris she's gonna be jealous right. i and wonder she, yeah and, he, and then when she's like yeah of course you can use it <laughs> you can use my printer whatever <laughs> but uh... um i couldn't help but laugh when she's like no and you're not even using my printer anymore. And you can't use my printer. Uh, so that is the uh, printer story. The first time a printer got mentioned in the Encounters with Creeps series. Well, that's why I was so intrigued. I was like, what are we printing? Um, before we move on to Biff Naked, I want to tell you about Lisa's amazing story that gets cut short. So when people... Uh, send a voice memo. They go on the website, nighttimepodcast.com. You click on contact and a little voice recorder shows up where you can hit record. You talk into your phone or laptop or iPad or whatever. And when you're done, it sends me the MP3, like the audio file. Every so often there's technical problems. Maybe the volume is really low or there's background noise that kind of ruins the, the audio and it makes it unusable. But I've never had this happen before. Lisa's telling this story that is so compelling. I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time. And then all of a sudden it just stops and the story doesn't end. And it also, usually when I get the file, it includes an email address so I can email them and ask a follow-up or question or something. I certainly would have emailed Lisa and said, I need to know what happens next. Um, normally I wouldn't play a file that has this kind of problem, but I want to play it for you just so maybe you can predict where this story is going to go. Listen to this. This is a Lisa's amazing story that gets cut short. Hi, Jordan. Uh, my name's Lisa, and I'm a longtime listener to your show. I really enjoy it, especially um, I'm enjoying the encounters with creeps. Uh, makes me uh, reminds me to be vigilant when, when I'm out and about and also uh, makes me feel better about my, my own encounters with creeps to know that it happens to everybody. Um, so I wanted to share a story uh, that stayed with me um, and maybe get some feedback on what you think was going on. Um, back in 1987, I was 18 years old 
and living with my parents in a suburb of Detroit, Michigan. And one summer morning, I went to Meyer, which is a store, a local store chain. It's similar to Walmart, if you're not familiar with it. And at the time, they had a one-hour photo developing. So I dropped off my photos and decided to wait in the store while they were being developed instead of going home. And I ended up in the magazine aisle, flipping through Vogue or Glamour or something like that. And uh, it wasn't very busy, not many customers around in this big store. And um, this older man approached me in the magazine aisle. He looked to be, I would say, maybe in his 60s. And um, he looked normal, bald, gray beard, and he was very energetic and very smiley and happy. And he came right up to me and handed me an index card. He didn't say anything. Um, I looked at the card and he had written hi with a smiley face in pen. And so, you know, and he was smiling at me and it just seemed very excited. And uh, at that point, I said a hi to him and I realized that he had a hole in his, in his neck, like from a tracheotomy. Um, and he was breathing, you know, through the hole, which, you know, kind of put me off and, and kind of freaked me out a little bit. But at the same time I realized, okay, this guy can't talk. He communicates through cards. He has a disability. I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable or let on that I felt uncomfortable. So I smiled even more and tried to be, you know, kind of friendly to cover it up. And so I said hi to him and he took the card and started writing on the back of it. And I, I just thought maybe he needed help, directions, something like that. So he hands me the card back and it says, you're prettier than all. And that's where it ends. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm sorry to leave it on a cliffhanger, but that story had everything going for it. I, I love uh, photography. So this idea of like a photo, she's at a photo lab and this guy approaches and he's passing the cards. And uh, yeah, I, I was loving this story. I'm on the edge of my seat and I can see that you were interested as well. I, I got yeah. where it was going because this note that he passed was saying, you know, you're beautiful or whatever. But Something is going to happen next. Lisa, if you're Absolutely. out there, we need to know. And like, even if he had the best intentions ever, she was 18. This man is in his 60s. Like, leave her alone. Well, but maybe I don't, then... I don't care if you think she's pretty. <laughs> yeah, but maybe it said like, um, you're really pretty. My daughter has, yeah, um, I don't oh. know. Like, it could have been this nice. My daughter who lives in England that I'm going to see in three weeks for Christmas, um, has the same hairstyle as you. I hope uh, it's something like that. Can I show you a picture of my daughter? And she says, yes. And he opens like a little photo album and she has, there's a picture. And she's like, and he's like, thank you. And he gives her money to like go buy something with. And he walks off. I'm going to go with that. I I hope that that's how it goes. I have a feeling it's like a, what's following is like a drawing of his dick or something like is going to go in that direction. I have a feeling, but as soon uh, as she said he had a hole in, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, and I was like, oh, in, yeah. oh, he had a trach. <laughs> yeah. 
Lisa, if you're listening, we need to know what's next. I don't know what happened with the audio file, but uh, we want to include you in Encounters with Creeps 7 to hear what happens with this mute man who communicates by notes that I believe is going to turn out to be a creep when we learn more about him. Well, I don't think she'd be calling in if if he if it no if, they if had it went nice, the way you think <laughs> this nice talk about his daughter um yeah <laughs> let's go on to the, let's move on to steve's biff naked creep i'm excited for this one so who's biff naked to you she's from your part of the country isn't she uh maybe i just i i'm familiar with some of her music okay she's a, I like love a, myself a, today that one yeah she's a famous canadian singer more so, I think, in probably the early 2000s, as mid-2000s yeah. would have been her era. Uh, this story takes place at a Biff Naked concert. Hey, Jordan and Madeline. This is Steve calling from uh, all the way from North Vancouver. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I think I got hooked around the time of the Emma Philippop series. I, I was uh, living in Victoria just before uh, her dis disappearance. So that was that was a fantastic podcast. But anyways, wanted to tell a story about uh, for your creep encounters or encounters with creep episodes. I was it was 1999. I was going uh, to university and I was at a concert on Burnaby Mountain. Uh, it was Biff Naked and Big Sugar. And so there I am in this huge group of people walking by and all of a sudden, I can feel behind me very distinct. It was very obvious as it happened. I could feel a pinch on my butt and I knew it right away. So it kind of froze me for a minute. I turned around and there was this woman just staring at me and she had this strangest smile. I guess it was meant to be like this sexually inviting smile, but really it just kind of looked like, like Heath Ledger's Joker staring at me kind of with her head downcast, just staring. No other, she didn't say a word to me other than that, just stared at me, just glared like that. And I just kind of was in shock. I was 18 years old at the time. So eventually my wits kind of came about me and I, 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 all I could muster when I realized what had happened after she pinched me, all I said was, what? And she didn't move a muscle, just kept giving me that weird smile. And I just backed away, left, and and that was it. It was the, the strangest thing. Never, never forgot about that moment. It was really, really strange. Never happened to me again. Uh, but that was my my uh, experience with it with a female creep. Anyhow, both of you guys keep up the great work. I, I think if you're <laughs> like if your pickup tactic ends with the person going like, "What? You did it wrong." <laughs> The Heath Ledger Joker <laughs> reference. Well, she's, she's was pinched, what she, me. Yeah, she pinched his butt and then just stared maniacally. Just stared at him as he like turned around, puzzled. And it sounds like when he like that voicemail was like over a minute long. He's describing this moment of turning around and just like speechless staring at her. I wonder how long that went on for. Because in my mind, it's about thirty seconds of him just like ah, before he went what. Well, I'm like, I'm just like, I imagine her perception of this encounter was like, yeah, so like, I just I stared at him with like a sexy gaze, like a mm. come hither look bedroom eyes, I think. That work. Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then I thought he was gonna propose, oh. but he just went, what? 
instead he just horrified asked me what <laughs> and walked away backwards with his hands up like defending himself <laughs> right oh my god yeah oh uh, steve that's... lived to tell about it i hope it's like it didn't ruin that concert because big sugar and biff naked in 1999 that was like that was that would have be been night. right after heated came out that would have been wicked you're a big sugar fan right i am i just saw them for the second or third time back in april and they were okay. pretty good so cool. yeah well, hopefully it didn't ruin the night for steve oh, i hope not um okay we got three more okay do you want to hear about getting dragged into a creepy co-worker's crap do you want to hear about an encounter with a creep while listening to encounters with creeps or do you want to hear about christy's experiences testifying against a masturbating creep oh these all sound good yeah i told you we got a stack card tonight this is the I'm world series of creep encounters i really want to hear about the person that encountered a creep while listening to encounters with creeps i'm gonna say no we're saving it for last okay fine let's go <laughs> all right here's creepy coworker. you yeah this is called rick gets dragged into a creepy co-worker shit does he work at a restaurant i bet he works at a restaurant <laughs> <laughs> he works at an office which is the creepiest place on earth hey jordan and madeline uh, it's rick from ottawa so quick uh creepy co-worker story for you i was working with this uh guy uh he was probably in his 50s uh early 50s i would say because i remember him retiring a few years later and um working in an office environment and um and we we're in like uh, sitting together in like a, a cube where you'd have like normally four people sitting so pretty close quarters and uh he often interacted with this uh young very i would say attractive student um woman and uh, who was probably around 20 years old uh so a bit of an age difference there but anyway i didn't think you know i never witnessed anything between them uh, that was not sort of professional. Um, I did feel like, you know, at times that he was trying to kind of impress her with, uh, you know, with, uh, I don't know, just intellectual conversation. And I just, but then again, he's, he was, he, he gives off that vibe that he just thinks he's smarter than everybody else. Uh, like again, super nice guy and everything but otherwise, but he just gives off that, that sort of vibe. Um, anyway, uh, so that's fine. You know, didn't really think see anything too out of the ordinary and out of the ordinary and so the student her term ends ends and then about three or four weeks later he pulls me into a uh a boardroom to tell me that um she you know asking me if i had seen anything inappropriate inappropriate between them i said no and he said because his boss might may be asking because apparently she's like between her and her boyfriend have both called his boss and are complaining about him uh, saying he's harassing her uh, and so on. And then he explains it by telling me that, you know, he's pretty sure that there is like a mutual attraction going on, that she's just not like admitting to her boyfriend. And then her boyfriend found out and is now trying to make trouble. Anyway, when he told me all of that, I thought it was really, really creepy. Uh, felt bad for the, you know, for, for the student, but luckily it was being, you know, sort of, sort of handled. Um, but, you know, it, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I doubt, uh, again, I'm only getting one side of the story, but it sounds to me one of those uh, situations where, again, maybe he's, you know, 
over, um, you know, he's overthinking per- perhaps what uh, the relationship was. It looks like common uh, sense wasn't quite there. So anyway, that's the story. Um, thank you. Man, that Rick is so diplomatic in trying to be understanding of this guy. But I think, uh, yeah, the, the I have a feeling the side of the story that Rick got was pretty whitewashed. I think her yeah. and her boyfriend would tell a different, a very different story than what the 50-year-old guy did at the office, the 50-year-old man at the office told. Well, and, you know, why on earth would you call other employees in and ask them if they, you know, had seen anything inappropriate? Just because they didn't either see or notice anything doesn't mean it didn't happen. And that just goes to show that he was really good at doing it not around anyone. Mm-hmm. Because he was for sure being creepy toward her. Otherwise, she wouldn't have said anything to her boyfriend. Yeah, I'm sure her and her boyfriend have better things to do oh. than like call the boss of some guy at that place she did a summer term at or whatever. I think exactly uh, he, he was clearly in damage control mode, and I think yeah. he thought, you know, that Rick is just, he's just a nice guy. If I can get anyone on my side, maybe I can convince Rick. And oh, well, Rick, <laughs> Rick should have stormed out of that like, meeting room and been like, "Dude, if you got something going on, I want nothing to do with it." Like uh, a, yeah that this is not my deal yeah i wish so, you the best of luck yeah <laughs> like, yeah well this uh the the 50 year old sounds pretty pompous too mm, like he yeah. like he was just like so sure he he was gonna get away with it mm. and like oh the mutual attraction yeah I okay bet. are you trying yeah. to convince me or you like <laughs> <laughs> god um yeah poor rick uh let's move was- on to Christie's, uh, the story of Christy testifying against a masturbating creep. Let there's that a lot be. Of those. Yeah, there's quite a few. It's a, I guess they're into that. If your kids are still in the room, that would be another time to plug their. Uh, if anyone has their kids in the room, hopefully they've had their ears plugged the whole time. Um, but keep them plugged until we're probably until we're done all the stories, but definitely during this one as well. Here we go. Hey, Jordan, I have a creep story for you. I was at home in my apartment and there was about eight apartments in the complex and I was on the second floor and I heard a scuffle in our courtyard. So I looked out the window and what did I see was somebody breaking into our laundry room It's a small room. All that's in there are the laundry machines, coin-operated, and some laundry detergent. So I started taking pictures because this person was clearly breaking in. It's a locked door. And so I watched him, took some pictures, and then he sees me looking at him. He starts to take his pants off. He pulls his pants down. Meanwhile, I start dialing 911. And he starts jerking off right in front of me. And I'm on 911 at this point, And he's trying to get his clothes back on. Trying to get back out of the laundry room and onto his bike. Yes, a bike. A bicycle. See? The bike. <laughs> the dreaded bike. Let me back up. I forgot, I forgot that this guy's on a bike. Of course. Here we go. I'm on 911 at this point. And he's trying to get his clothes back on, 
trying to get back out of the laundry room and onto his bike. Yes, a bike, a bicycle. And he starts to take off. And meanwhile, the police are on their way. Um, they see him come out of our complex and they chase him about a half mile down the road and into a garage and they find him hovering in a corner um, and hiding behind some wood because everybody in the parking lot was pointing to where this guy went. <laughs> the police took my pictures and asked me a lot of detailed questions and then they proceeded to file charges against this guy. So I had to show up in court and one of the most awkward questions was which hand was he using when he was jerking off? And of course I answered it correctly and because I had photos, this guy was convicted and instead of going to jail, they sent him to a mental health facility so he could get treatment. Anyway, that's my creepy story. I hope I never have this encounter again. And I love the show. I love that he was on a bike. Of course he was. That's just the cherry. Yeah, everyone on on, in every one of these stories <laughs> drives a bike. Um, yeah, you, you hear of a lot of these incidents, but very rarely does it get to the point that someone's actually going to court to testify. Almost yeah, never. That, so it, good on her for doing what she did, photos and not. Yeah, and then following through and actually yeah. appearing in court. Like, I don't know if she would have had to have done that, but I'm glad she did. This guy, like, at least gets yeah. some, she said it was to a mental health treatment place, but it, uh, as long as it gets him somewhere that gets him the help he needs so he's not breaking into laundry rooms and masturbating in front of other people. Did he get caught? Breaking into the laundry room in his reaction was, I'm just going to masturbate at this person. That's what I'm taking wow. from this. Like he had nothing to do with, you know, his anything like that until he saw her yeah, watching. Like, here we go. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going to make her real uncomfortable. Uh, or was it? Just... And boy, did it work. Is there like a getting caught fetish? Like, I wonder if that is it. Like, I've. Oh, yeah. His fetish is getting caught stealing change. Because like, even yeah, like, I even if know. it's a fully stocked laundry room, like, like it's fully stocked in terms of like the machines hadn't been emptied in a week or two or whatever. Like, what are you going to get 60 bucks? Like his laundry is not that expensive, is it? Yeah, I don't know. And it well, did you say what year this was? Because, you know, some of those machines are pretty expensive. Yeah, well, I guess nowadays they probably use debit. I don't know. I haven't paid for laundry in a while. Uh, although I did have to buy a new uh, washing machine last week. And I switched from front loader to top loader. So anyone listening who's in the market for a washing machine, after spending the last like eight years with a front loader washer, I will never go back. I'm now top load washer for life. That's so funny because I grew up with a top load washer. And then when I moved into this house, it's a front load. I was like, this is like the epitome of wealth. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, front, I mean, a front load washer. Yeah, they look cool, but they don't clean your clothes as well as a top loader. But oh. that's off topic for what we're talking about. We need to get into uh, what you've been waiting for. I'm going to hear the story that I will call Matt witnesses a lewd act in Sydney while listening to Encounters with Creeps, Volume 5. This always happens in your neck of the woods over I know, there. I know. <laughs> Here we go. Hi, Jordan. It's Matt from Ashby. Uh, Long-time listener, obviously. Um, 
I just wanted to share an encounter with creeps uh, that just occurred on my daily walk around town. Um, I'm with my one-year-old daughter, and uh, we were listening to – we weren't listening to. I was listening to um, your most recent encounters with creeps uh, where the woman on the subway was screaming at the man committing a lewd act. Well, I can tell you that while listening to that excerpt, uh, me and my daughter both witnessed – a lewd act being committed on a park bench uh, at 1.30 in the afternoon on a Tuesday uh, in broad daylight uh, in the middle of Wentworth Park. Uh, there's very little uh, effort made to conceal said act. And instead of confronting, mean, I wasn't going to confront them. I had my child with me, but it just, yeah, it just, I found it really ironic that that happened while we were listening to that episode and that particular story. Anyway, just wanted to uh, pass it on to you. I uh, hope you're having a good day, and uh, thanks for all the fun. Wow. Yeah. That, that timing couldn't have been more perfect. Uh, yeah, that is a, a regular listener of the show. Great guy and uh, kind of an intimidating guy. I'm surprised that whoever this pervert was on the park bench, that they would be comfortable uh, messing with Matt while he's near his daughter. I met him in Sydney a couple times and he strikes me as someone that could like pick me up and snap me, you know, like those types of people. He's like, <laughs> if Matt probably has a bike because he's probably like a exercise kind of person. Okay. A good, a, a good cyclist. Yeah. Like one Not of the good guys. <laughs> uh, well, first, I don't think these people really give a damn about who sees them. Yeah, he would probably enjoy Matt like yelling at him while he continued to do it. E right? Like a, a humiliation kink. <laughs> but and then he also had his baby with him. Yeah. So I imagine he was like, oh, okay, let's not go. Any yeah, closer. I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah, but that, oh, that's one of the things thanks. that made that clip from volume five uh, with, was the woman on the subway who flipped out at the masturbating pervert. That's one of the things that made that so special is most people would see that. And I would have done the exact same thing Matt did is I would have just been like, yeah, nope. I got other things. To I'm do today. not intervening. Yeah, yeah. this is just going to happen without me here. And I'd be, exactly. I'd be off. But uh, her on the bus or on the subway. In volume five, I guess that's different though, because you're in a confined space. Like if Matt was, I feel like if he, if it was him and his kid on a bus or something, and this person was doing that, I'm sure that would have been a completely different story. But right in a park, yeah, I think I would just be like, yeah, I'm out of here. Avert the child's gaze and move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Weird time. I think though. of that woman often, though, the woman from the subway. Yeah. I hope she's doing well. <laughs> yeah, I hope she's happy tonight. I hope she's having a great night. I hope she has a great summer. I hope summer. she's happy tonight. <laughs> a blessed life. Uh, how was this? This was, uh, we went through three, so we just did nine creep, in, creep encounter stories, oh, wow. plus the moron at the beginning, named uh, obviously named Bubba. Um, how do you feel? Good. I, I feel great because none of these are personal experiences for me. <laughs> which is great. Uh, I, yeah, I just like every one of these episodes, I am just flabbergasted at how weird people are. Yeah. And, and I feel like as we get rolling on this series of creep encounters, I think it's just empowering listeners to come through with their stories. So I think people are feeling um, more confident about 
calling uh, about going to nighttimepodcast.com clicking on contact and sharing their stories in the form of a voice memo that were really Absolutely. like things are really coming out of the woodwork that are just weird and creepy and and it's it's not any one kind of genre of creep encounters we're hearing about co-workers ex-boyfriends neighbors random people customers like we're getting it from all all sides which maybe well, makes it worse sharing your story holds space for others to share their own mm. so makes i think it just makes people a little more comfortable do you have a story from this week that we've gone through that's gonna stick with you uh oh the, i don't the elf the elf yeah that poor girl yeah. i just <laughs> i poor, feel poor girl. it was a group of them when you think about the elves we're hearing her encounter it was uh, it was kendra we're hearing kendra describe her experiences but it was like six men hugging like four or five girls dressed as elves which is creepier also, a couple of these stories the elf story and the one we just heard from matt both occurred on tuesdays yeah what the hell what is it with tuesday <laughs> tuesday we had two tuesday references we had two bikes involved in this uh, only one I'm, piece of I'm luggage. I'm seeing a pattern developing. Uh, I think only one piece of luggage. The, the one that I think made me kind of chuckle the hardest was definitely the printer, just because she made a point of saying like, "And you can't use my printer." I don't know why that. That just, was the best part. That did it for me. <laughs> oh um, God! And I'm still curious what happened with Lisa's uh, mute man with the notes. I hope we hear from her. Me too. She's gotta. She's gotta contact us because. However it goes, we need to find out. Um, yeah. But again, uh, for listeners out there, come through with your stories. We'll do one of these a month, if not more. People like hearing it. We like hearing it. We like talking about it. So we'll keep this going. This is volume six. Let's see if we can get it to volume 56. Um, is, well, that, is that ambitious? Not at all. Because, you know, judging from how many people are leaving you voicemail or voice messages no problem getting to volume 56 there's no shortage of creeps out there sadly not um well let's wrap it up anything you want to say before you go anything you want to tease anything you're working on anything in your life of interest that we need to know um, about that you need to know about i didn't post this last tuesday just due to the kind of person i am i have i have the information and the script ready to go for my next video i just can't seem to muster myself up to film anything you know you went on vacation um for like a week months ago and it, it, i feel like you're still a little hung over from your vacation do you need like, a new vacation well you know what the problem is uh you go on you take a week off work and you go on vacation but if your vacation is very hectic you get back from your vacation and you're exhausted from whatever you're doing, but now you got to work. So you're worse off than before you went on your vacation. You need to take a week off and just chill. That's yeah. That's what I need. Or just like to retire or something. <laughs> yeah. Re retirement is really the ultimate goal. Retire yeah. at 30. <laughs> on that note, let's wrap this up. Thanks Madeline for suffering through another collection of listener contributed creep stories and thank you to everyone who contributed your story it's always cringy but always somehow so enjoyable i want to thank you for joining madeline and i for this episode of nighttime now i'm going to start wrapping up the episode but before we part let me end with thanks 
First, a huge and sincere thanks to each and every one of you who took the time to share your creep encounters with us. These stories serve as a great reminder to keep our eyes open and our wits about us. And to anyone else listening who has a story to share, I plan to do a 7th, 8th, and probably 9th part in this series, and I'd love to feature your story. You can share it with me at nighttimepodcast.com contact. If you got something to share, go to the site now. The voice recorder is easy to use, and if you make any mistakes or misspeak, I'll edit it before it goes to air. I'll make sure you're sounding your best. Madeline and I hope to hear from you. Now, I want to give a big thanks to a few people. First, the thanks to Madeleine for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to Monty Data, who contributes to the music for this episode. And a shout out to LJ from the Dystopian Simulation podcast, who provides my intro and outro voiceovers. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thanks goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers of the premium feed. Kevin and Gina, you're two of my favorite people. And for anyone else out there who wants to support the show, you can do it in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show while giving you the episodes two days early, giving them to you ad-free, and giving you access to a full back catalog of episodes and bonus content. If that sounds good, go premium now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And if you don't want to go premium, you can still help the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback, or would like to contribute a question or a talking point to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can do all that more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte.